Welcome everyone to another episode of Inside Line Podcast with your host, Dr. Daniel Cameron. In tonight's episode, Dr. Cameron will be discussing the first uh, in a series of four podcasts, which will focus on findings from uh, his recently uh, launched Lyme disease and COVID survey. Uh, in the first podcast, in this first episode, we'll be discussing the burden of Lyme disease in a COVID-19 pandemic. Good evening, Dr. Cameron. Thank you for joining us. And good evening, Darlene, for joining me and uh, leading the discussion. So, um, so can you talk just this this first uh, this first episode? We're gonna you're gonna talk a little bit about uh, several cases and their findings uh, from the survey. Yes. Uh, you know, I was trying to avoid uh, discussing that research design, you know, the, that it's a, uh, a survey design that uh, cross-sectional, I wanted to get right down to cases. Now, because this is a, a research study, it's approved by an IRB, uh, it lets me uh, present uh, individual cases that are living in a pandemic. So I wanted to start out with this case that comes from the survey because the survey actually has uh, at this time uh, 1,168 uh, people who've uh, had history of Lyme who've completed this survey. So this case one came from that survey and it involved a 68 year old woman with history of deer tick, no rash, but they did have a, uh, clinical presentations. They weren't completely sure what test was positive. And like you hear all the time in, in medicine, some, sick, some people are ill for years. She had been sick for nine years, treated with a broad range of antibiotics and supplements for seven of those years. So she was chronically ill when she filled out the survey. And uh, they're all the typical symptoms like backache, stiff and painful neck, muscle aches, uh, and so forth. And she had um, done uh, like a questionnaire, which has to do with this level of symptoms she has. Um, this is where you add up how sick you are from neurologic issues, neuropsych issues, pain, fatigue. Uh, and, and so she had 78 as a score out of 120. You know, some people have zero, some have 120 but still 78 shows how sick she was. In fact, she was sicker than this study by Fallon, you know, sicker than traumatic brain injury patients and sicker than uh, somebody with post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome in their study and worse than depression patients. So it just shows you that this 68 year old woman is, shows up with so many symptoms, so many chronic issues and She's facing the challenge of what to do during a pandemic. You know, she hasn't taken the vaccine. She never had uh, COVID, but she filled out the survey describing how ill she was. And none of these symptoms are, uh, are a surprise. One more thing I thought I'd mention is that when she's living with all of these symptoms and um, she is facing what to do with a pandemic. I'm sure she's worried and concerned about what will happen if I get COVID. And I'm going to be addressing what happens uh, when a Lyme patient, uh, or at least someone with a history of Lyme, gets COVID. And she's wondering, should I uh, listen to the doctor? Because the doctor said, 
it'll probably make things worse. Um, so she has not taken the vaccine when she filled out the survey, but it does show that someone this sick at 68 is still perplexed. What if I get COVID? And what if I take the vaccine? And this survey, especially the, the second, third and fourth part of the survey explores uh, what actually happens when people with history of Lyme disease take the vaccine or if they contract Lyme disease. You know, it's great that these uh, 1,100 and some individuals share their experience so we can learn from uh, what each of them went through. And now you also, um, you're also writing about that you had some, some uh, children uh, who were participated in this survey as well. Hmm? Yeah, the age range was 12 to um, um, all the way up in age. So a 13 year old, uh, presented. Now, I, I mentioned 13 because they have to be at least 12. I certainly could use a lot more kids uh, from 12 up to, uh, to describe better uh, the experience that kids have with, with Lyme, also kids with Lyme and COVID and with the vaccine. So this one uh, filled out the uh, survey uh, with the parental consent uh, and this girl had a Western blot test uh, with five out of 10 bands. And you needed a five out of 10 to uh, make the CDC criteria. And she had been sick for two months. Uh, and then they gave her three months of doxycycline followed by clarithromycin. So she still was chronically sick from her perspective in, uh, in uh, the survey, but uh, this GSQ, uh, this uh, score of symptom score was a zero. So even though she didn't seem to have a, uh, a burden of symptoms, she still um, uh, reported feeling chronically ill. And uh, once again, I'm sure she's facing, should I take the vaccine? Her mother and father are probably also concerned, but I'm sure they're concerned about if she gets COVID. So here's what she said in her notes. Uh, she she's, uh, has really not been advised for or against the vaccine. Now, you remember she's a 13 year old. So being 13 means that she uh, has to work with a parent and about, you know, should I, should I take the vaccine? Mm -hmm. But she said, I do not feel safe to take it since my Lyme conditions are still not resolved. So when you get to the fourth part of this series, I'm gonna be doing a lot more uh, descriptive work on the various reasons that people are reluctant to take the, uh, uh, take the vaccine, adults and kids. Now, one of your cases involves uh, a 85 year old man with a history of tick bite and rashes and a swollen knee. Can you talk to us a little bit about that case as well? Oh, thank you. But this 85-year-old man, um, he's not sure what tests were positive, but he was treated with doxycycline and supplements. But he was ill for at least three years. At the time of, of the survey, he was not chronically ill. But he's 85 with back pain, muscle weakness, fatigue, low energy, worse after physical activity, numbness, tingling, skin and muscle twitching, balance problems, uh, room spinning, visual issues, trouble focusing, bladder discomfort, 
change in urination, lightheadedness, uh, uncomfortable standing, trouble finding words, retrieving words, trouble with memory, and lower speed of thinking. Now, when you go through that list of, and you're 85, is that it's so exhaustive that it's going to take uh, several specialists to weigh in, like, are there any uh, urologic uh, issues because of the bladder discomfort? Are there any neurologic issues because of the lightheadedness and, and problems standing? Are there any cognitive issues uh, with, um, with this uh, presentation? But Lyme disease certainly does uh, the whole uh, range of symptoms that this 85-year-old uh, was discussing. And once again, his score was 78 out of 120. So even though he had um, been uh, uh, in a pandemic, he hadn't taken the vaccine yet, he hadn't had COVID, but even before getting COVID or taking the vaccine, he already had a high symptom burden. And 78 is worse than somebody with, uh, somebody who has, uh, you know, post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome or traumatic brain injury. And so I could imagine having, having problems, because I have patients like this, uh, the difficulty which they, what happens if I get COVID and I have a chronic illness uh, or what happens if I take the Lyme, I'm sorry, what happens if I take the uh, COVID vaccine? So it shows you that, as I mentioned earlier, there's a 13 year old, facing the same issues. Now this is an 85 year old. It reminds us that all ages face the same challenges. And you had, uh, you had several cases that you highlighted as well with patients who had Lyme disease but did not take antibiotics. My um, concern is, um, you know, and with these cases is that you always assume that uh, someone with Lyme has been treated but this survey highlighted that there are people out there who uh, have a history of Lyme, history of tick bites, history of rash, swollen knees, positive tests like the 77-year-old woman, but they didn't get treated with an antibiotic. Now, this 77-year-old was ill for 10 years at the time of the survey, and someone had also diagnosed her with chronic fatigue. She took supplements but never antibiotics. Now her GSQ score is, uh, was 14 out of 120. So she's not near as sick as some of the other Lyme patients. So that may be why she, she didn't uh, uh, jump in the treatment, uh, but you never know. I have patients in my practice where they uh, go the route of supplements and, and uh, they get enough value that they don't actually get treated, but still, even if she, even if this seventy-seven-year-old woman doesn't get treated with an antibiotic, you know they still have the same face the same issues with uh, what happens if I get COVID and what if I take the COVID vaccine. Uh, and lastly, this is a, another uh, young uh, survey participant. She's sixteen. She had a swollen. Thought she was exposed because she's in recreation with the recreation, vacation, uh, interaction with dogs and hiking. She had a positive test, and, but she was also diagnosed with chronic fatigue. She was sick for three years, but she had herbal treatments and not antibiotics. 
So nobody said really take the vaccine or not take the vaccine. So I'm sure uh, her parents are probably facing those same issues, uh, you know, as they look look uh, out for their 16 year old. But what's interesting is there this score, which I I, I find from zero to 120. Um, there's a range, but she had 88. So that means she had severe neurologic, neuropsych issues and fatigue and pain. And there's a whole list of problems that are, that are what you'd expect, this neurologic, neuropsych and fatigue. And so, um, so the, even a 16 year old is, uh, hasn't been treated. So you wonder, uh, what will happen with her if she gets COVID or take the vaccine? And so these, uh, I guess it's 289 individuals who fill out the survey who had not had COVID, not taken the vaccine, but yet I'm sure they're um, um, wondering what to do during this pandemic. And, and plus they're suffering anyway. It does reflect that uh, when, I, when I look at how bad somebody is and how sick they are with Lyme, and COVID, I'm reminded that just Lyme itself, uh, uh, they can be quite sick. So as you highlight, these these cases demonstrate the symptom burden in these individuals was quite severe. Now you talk a little bit about um, in your blog about uh, an NIH study. Do you want to discuss the findings from that and how that relates? Well, the NIH study had confirmed that uh, using a a quality of life survey, SF36, that people were sicker than, than uh, someone uh, who filled out the, the forms uh, who had diabetes and as bad as people with congestive heart failure. Now in that case, even though it showed that people with Lyme could be so sick and quite sick, uh, this is uh, looking at it uh, more than just the quality of life. This GSQ score, is uh, looking at the issue of um, neuropsych, neurologic, and pain and fatigue uh, issues. And it shows that, yes, they're sick from not just uh, the quality of life, their perspective of life, but uh, they're quite sick on, on issues that are important to all of us. So what, so what would you like the individuals to take away from this, uh, this first set of findings, these, these cases? Well, it's a um, it's rather interesting that um, you know that we're dwelling uh, in the second, third, and fourth part of this series on how sick people who are with Lyme and COVID, or how sick they are with the vaccine. But the headline is that people with Lyme are so sick and can be quite sick, at least. And when I keep saying GSQ, that's called the General Symptom Questionnaire with 30 questions about your health, it, it, um, it sort of sets the stage. So if I do statistics down the road, I'm sure I'll find the dominant issue is that uh, Lyme disease is the issue for these patients and the illness is from the Lyme and there might be extra on top of, uh, of their illness with the uh, COVID or with the vaccine. But you have to stay tuned because I'm going to dig deep into uh, what happens with uh, Lyme disease uh, uh, individuals um, when they do get COVID. And it's uh, fascinating uh, both uh, how sick they are 
and they're not really uh, uh, well. And that, but the vaccine actually isn't. Uh, they weren't as sick as uh, as I thought. They some of them had a flare up, but. I'm going to dig into the weeds and really explore these topics. So the next episode, you'll be discussing uh, Lyme disease patients who had COVID or and the vaccine or just, just COVID? That is part two is Lyme with uh, people who contract COVID. You know, what happens to that group? Because there was almost 300 people or, or at least that, that had uh, COVID on top of their Lyme. So it's fascinating to look at, at uh, what happened. You know, 20% of those ended up with uh, long haul. So if you already have Lyme already and 20% of those with, with uh, COVID got long hauler, you're dealing uh, uh, with this issue of like, uh, how do you know the difference between Lyme and COVID? And so this kind of research gets in the weeds and really tries to understand the role of Lyme in, uh, and its potential role in somebody with a long haul illness. Well, we, we look forward to the, to the next episode and, and, and hearing a bit more about those other findings. Um, this is kind of a, a one of one of a kind survey, right there. It hasn't been done by anybody else. Yeah, there, there hasn't been a survey of um, Lyme disease patients. Most of these studies, they exclude people who are illness, who are ill. Even the vaccine studies uh, exclude people who are ill. So this is a, a, the largest study by far uh, of, of a clinically applicable uh, uh, experience on uh, Lyme in a, in a pandemic. There, LymeDisease.org did one on earlier on using their database, uh, which was helpful. But this one is gets right into into the details of what's happening to individuals and uh, who have uh, Lyme and COVID and Lyme and the vaccine. And so I'm excited about uh, this study. I can publish uh, and uh, in journals and uh, and but I I didn't really want to. Right, wait for journals and have that as my only outlet. I wanted to dig in uh, to these cases and present them through uh, the blogs, through this video series. Uh, and lastly, um, not only would I like to share these, uh, these four videos, but I'm strongly encouraging the readers and the listeners to fill out their comments and, and thoughts uh, so I'll be following up with a, uh, a Q&A, a separate video to, to address uh, uh, as many concerns as I can, can. So not only are these four videos, but there'll be a, uh, at least a couple Q&A based on your comments. Well, thank you, Dr. Cameron, for sharing these findings. And we look forward to, uh, to joining you again to learn to learn more about some of the other findings. And for individuals who'd like to read more about this, this, these cases in particular, they can go to your website at danielcameronmd.com. Thank you, Dr. Cameron. And thank you, Darlene.